Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Electric Leftovers. Oh, no. I have to fix that. The arm on the mic thing is a little little flippy flabby. And you don't want a flippy flabby microphone from one who knows. Put that on your tombstone. Was told no flippy flabby mic. Was not lied to. Uh, welcome to the show this week. Uh, how's it going? Down ever so slightly. Um, oh man, I just spent like the entire day yesterday uh, working on the forums, trying to get some stuff cleaned up and fixed up. Uh, most of it's done. There's still a little bit to do, and somehow, some way, the uh, navigation menu, which I, you know, didn't really fiddle with much, is a little screwed up as well. But all the links still work, and you can. You can navigate just fine. I'll be doing a little more work on that today. Um, maybe maybe adjusting some colors. It's a little a little more colorful than it used to be, and and at the same time a little not a little more colorful, a little less contrasting, you might say. Uh, over at the website, speaking of, along with the new forum look, uh, we have some new stuff to talk about. And since last we spoke, that is Red Faction. And God of War Chains of Olympus. Oh, and I have a new Legacy of the Wizard that I forgot to upload, and then uploaded, and then forgot to add to the site. So we'll have a new Legacy of the Wizard by the time you hear this. Uh, Red Faction. Delicious THQ Nordic. Oh, that's unfortunate. <clears throat> oh, nope. I'm thinking Red Falcon from Conquer. Never mind. That's my bad. I apologize. Over in the forums, we have Killer Shrews for the Mystery Science Theater of the Week, and it's a it's a good one. I love me some Killer Shrews. And uh, the unnamed last week's podcast is now available for your listening and commenting, etc., etc., pleasure at the forums and on YouTube, along with last week's roll film, which should have been fistful of dollars. So, all that is there and available for you if you want to check it out. I think you should. Uh, We've got Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2 soundtracks added. Donkey Kong Country 3 and Land are coming up. And then uh, Doom. whole bunch of Doom soundtracks. There's like nine Doom games on the site because Scarlet played every single one of them. Ever made, ever. Except the Texas Instruments version, which I told him to. You know, the one that plays on a graphing calculator. Uh, But he didn't. So... I mean, we're going to have a lot of Doom soundtracks coming up. But thankfully, most all of them use the same soundtrack. They just tweak, like, Doom and Doom 64. Similar but different. Hey, where's the Super Nintendo Doom, Scarlet? How come you haven't played that? I own that. You should play it. If I own it, you should have to play it. That's the rule. From now on, if I own a game, you must have to play it. And then, um, after that, looks like we're going to have... You know, so probably in about two weeks, uh, get some Double Dragon going, and then we're going to have like three months of Dragon Quest slash Warrior by the look of it. Three, five, six. Oh, Dragon Spirit will be in there, but I think Dragon Spirit is already added, because those are my games. So never mind. Uh, oh, Dragon Spirit. That's a great soundtrack. Anyway, let's stop talking about that, and uh, let's move on to the next section of the show which is going to be more music from La Mulana, but not the original.
Are you ready to survive all types of traps and discover the secrets of La Mulana? La Mulana is the most complete archaeology action and exploration game ever created. Take control of Professor Lameza and his inseparable whip to discover the mysteries of humanity. Face all types of traps, enemies, and guardians in the greatest adventure ever created for WiiWare. In La Mulana, you will explore vast temples and, most importantly, you will have the feeling of total immersion. Each mechanism, trap, or puzzle you solve will be a great achievement. And that is the depressing back of the box for the depressing La Mulana 2012 remake. Um... Updated graphics and music. They added stuff. They took stuff out. They changed some puzzles. Uh, this is another example of a thing that didn't need to happen. Had they had they stuck the original La Mulana in and not done all this graphic overhauly crap, man, you would have been on to something. But yeah, between the two, no, hands down, original way better. I've been doing a little digging to find our review for the week, and I haven't had a lot of luck, mostly because there's 
Everything I find for this has to do with the remake and not the original. I don't care about the remake right now. I care about the original. And, you know, there's not... There's just not a lot. I mean, there's like a Wikipedia article that says, People at 1UP.com and Joystick received it as a fun game. 1UP.com calling it a great exploratory platformer along the lines of Metroid or Castlevania that completely nails the graphical and musical style of an MSX game. However, both websites noted the game is extremely difficult. The PlayStation Vita version sold over 300,000 copies worldwide within the first seven months of release, according to an announcement by Pygmy Studio. By July 2016, that number had surpassed 600,000. Uh, we don't care. Um, I've been looking for a few minutes, can't find one, so here's the deal. La Mulana, the original version, La Mulana, not to the remake, and to differentiate between the two, uh, the original came out in 2005 in Japan for Windows, uh, was patched into English later, um, and the remake came out in 2011-2012. We're talking about the original MSX looking one, okay? This game is essentially a love letter to the MSX computer system, which was really one of the biggest ones in Japan at the time. Uh, think of... The closest thing I can I can really think, uh, relate it to that might be relatable, I guess, to folks is um, maybe even the, the CDI, the Philips CDI, because different companies made CDIs, but it all had the same architecture, it all had the same, you know, the, the innards were basically the same, the inner workings, the, the, the computer part of it was all the same, right? That's why it would all play the same games and didn't matter what the brand was and had the same, you know, that kind of thing. MSX, very similar. It was a standard that was introduced into Japanese computers partly um, because you could buy three different computers at the time uh, in Japan in the early, early 80s and um, what would work on this one wouldn't work on this one wouldn't work on this one. You might get lucky and find two computers that would run the same thing, but very rarely would that actually happen. Uh, the MSX was a standardized home computer architecture. It was announced by Microsoft, marketed by Kazuhiko Nishi. I'm reading this. Then vice president at Microsoft of Japan and director at ASCII Corp. Uh, basically what they did is they said, we will build the architecture and we will sell it out. And then whoever wants to use our architecture can do so. And they just build the... Uh, computer itself. The hardware, you guys do. We did the software. Uh, manufactured by National, Sony, Pioneer, Panasonic, Samsung, Sharp, Philips, Canon, Yamaha, Toshiba, Mitsubishi, Hitachi, and Casio. And this ran from 1983 to 1996. So, you know, it was very successful. Basically. And it's been revived a couple times, 2001, 2011, 2014. More of a um, hobbyist, enthusiast kind of thing. But yeah, I'd, from what I have seen, I've never used one, but from what I've seen, these were very, very well loved. And they're kind of highly coveted by collectors now. Um, 
before we had the Famicom and the NES, places like Konami and Hudson uh, really took advantage of the MSX to get their product out and known. And Metal Gear, in fact, started as an MSX game. So there you go. La Mulana is made by a company, and it is built to basically be a love letter to that. It looks like it. It sounds like it. It runs like it's on an MSX computer. It's hard like an MSX computer game. Uh, it does play a lot like a Metro, uh, Metroid game and a Castlevania game. It also plays a lot like the Goonies and the Goonies 2, if you've played those. Since Capcom games, this was made on a system, made to emulate a system that, you know, Capcom games were pretty pretty big on. We follow our archaeologist, archaeologist, archaeologist hero. It's very early. Lameza, as he is exploring the ruins of La Mulana. Is to purchase things, solve puzzles, make use of his MSX computer system, avoid deadly traps, fight giant monsters, fight small monsters, and unravel the mystery of the ruins of La Mulana. And uh, the mystery gets pretty deep and pretty involved um, in a very good way. A very good way. The game is kind of hard. I wouldn't say it's, oh my god, difficult. But it is kind of hard. I mean, and maybe that's because I've beat it four or five times. You know, it's it's a game I play for fun because I really enjoy La Mulana. Um, the weapon is a whip. You can get sub-weapons, a bunch of sub-weapons. Uh, think also maybe Nightmare and Maids of Gallius, if you're familiar with those, where you can pick up an item and it goes in your inventory and will do certain things. You can get an item to let you double jump. You can get an item to let you walk faster push bricks faster, attack faster, uh, breathe underwater, all this other stuff, which you can't do, but sometimes you are going to need to do in order to complete the game. You can also pick up ROMs, ROM cartridges for your MSX, which different ones will do different things. One lets you save the game, one lets you look at a map, one will translate all the ancient writings that you find in the temple. You can combine different ones and make the game harder. You can make the game easier. There's a ROM combination that will kill you instantly. Uh, there's a ROM combination that will kill you in one hit. Uh, there's a ROM combination that will make your attack stronger. There's a ROM combination that will turn some of the drops that the enemies leave into tea bags. So lots of stuff there. The music I think is fantastic. Um, it's, it just works. It is really good 8-bit kind of music. Every area has its own theme. Every boss has its own theme. Some of the music is way better than others. None of it gets boring or annoying, though. I like that. There's not much for sound effects. The sound effects that are there pretty much do the job. Um, think Zelda games a little bit. There's a you can hit certain blocks and they'll make a noise if they're activatable later. Maybe you have to hit them with a different weapon. Maybe there's a switch. Maybe there's something else you have to hit. There are certain blocks you don't want to hit because if you hit them, you'll get struck by lightning. Because that's fun. Uh, the graphics are very 8-bit graphics, and they do, they do absolutely carry the old 8-bit computer look because not... There's hardly any transparencies on some things, which bothers some people. You can actually fix that if just with a graphics editor. You can change the graphics to whatever you want, because it just shows up in a little bitmap that it pulls from. 
but some things will just have a black box around them, like you had to have in some old computers. Is if you're not super into old computers, it might not be something that you're totally into, but if you like action-adventure games, if you like puzzle games, if you like a challenge, La Mulana is an excellent game, and I would say try the original before the remake. The remake does change a lot of things. It went from, you know, basically, like we've talked about, being this love letter to the MSX computer system. The remake has 32-bit graphics and CD-quality sound, and it adds this, and it adds that, and it just changes the feel of the game so much. It Some people think it looks better. Some people think it sounds better. I don't think the original looked or sounded bad. It looked and sounded like it was meant to sound. The new one does not look or sound like I feel the game was meant to sound. Uh, because, like we said, it's made to look like an MSX game. And then they make it look like almost something you could see on the PlayStation or, or maybe even the Saturn perhaps so that's how I stand on this there there's a couple of sequels there's like a, a Lamu on a 2 I think that hasn't been uh, released yet there's a I think it's Lamu on EX which is a harder version of the game um, tons of secrets tons of things to do It'll take you a long time to get through this game because there is a lot to do, especially if you want to find and experience everything. It is available, the original, for free. If you can find it, there is an English patch. Know that if you are running anything above Windows Vista, I think, maybe even including Vista, you might have to tweak the settings a little bit to get the game to run. Uh, it ran really great for me on XP and 7. Does not run really great on 10 unless I go in and, you know, do some compatibility and 256 color and all that other stuff. So uh, just be be aware that your mileage may vary.
Our lead story. That's the new news theme. Just me going. That wasn't even trying. That's why it sucked. Uh, Our lead story. News that sounds like a joke. In Turkmenistan's capital, Ashgabat, drivers of black cars are facing high costs to repaint their cars white or silver after President Gurbanguly Berdy Mukhamadov. Close enough. Sorry. Sorry, Turkmenistan. You have a lot of consonants in your names. Banned black vehicles because he thinks the color white brings good luck. Oh. Great. The way our president does things, this will be happening in about five... Four, three. Oh no! Wait, they are—they are, they are uh, not a country he cares about. Never mind. Uh, police began seizing dark-colored vehicles in late December, and owners have to apply for permission to repaint and re-register them. The average ways of Ashgabat is about three hundred dollars or a month, or twelve man, twelve hundred mantas. Wow, you guys get paid in manta rays. One Turkman told Radio Free Europe he was quoted 7,000 mantas for the paint job, was told the price would raise within a week to 11,000. Even if I don't spend any money anywhere, I will be forced to hand over pretty much my entire annual salary just to repaint, the unnamed man said. Oh, more unnamed. Adding that his black car had already been impounded. That's no good. Uh, Here's a bright idea. Noting that, quote, nobody else has done it, good reason to do anything. On January 4th, Nebraska State Senator Paul Schumacher of Columbus proposed a novel constitutional amendment with the goal of stimulating growth in western Nebraska. Delegate complete or partial sovereignty over a designated, limited, and sparsely populated area. If I were a major business, he says, I would not want Omaha or Lincoln telling me what to do, Schumacher said. The Lincoln Journal Star reported, that the senator believes his concept would attract businesses looking for no state or local taxes and no state or local regulations. It presents the opportunity to, quote, have your own state, he explained. The Nebraska legislature must approve the resolution before citizens get a chance to vote. Sure. Great. No problem. Who's going to run the power and the water and all that other stuff to it? Uh, who's going to have to take care of the waste? Who's going to do the roads? Who's going to police it? You're going to just hire that out to the lowest bidder, the whole thing? Let me tell you a story about about stuff like this that we can all easily relate to. Have you ever bought, like, store brand garbage bags? And you're hauling them out to your dumpster or whatever, and you just realize, like, halfway through that you are terrified it's going to open and spill. So the next time... You spend, like, the extra 3 or $4, and you get, like, hefty or glad. But, you know, name brand garbage bags. You don't have that fear so much anymore. That's what it's like when you privatize everything. It's going to cost you a little more money to get basically the same uh, result that you get currently. If you spend too little, then you're always worried that the bag's going to break open. Crap everywhere. Public safety. <clears throat> yep, yep, there's a libertarian out there just having a mild stroke right now. It's going to be okay, buddy. Deep breath. And exhale. 
that eye will stop twitching in a minute. Public safety. Tennessee's legislature has a newly renovated home in the Cordell Hall building in Nashville, so Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, the map guy, and House Speaker Berth Harwell have been busy outlining some new rules. Hand-carried signs and signs on hand sticks will be strictly prohibited because they pose a serious safety hazard. Animals, too, will be turned away at the door, reported the Tennessean on December 21st, but in a dizzying twist of irony... McNally and Harwell will continue a policy they enacted last year, which allows holders of valid gun permits to bring their weapons into the building. What if? What if you put your handmade, hand-carried sign onto your gun before you come in the building? Because then it's no longer hand-carried, nor is it on a stick. Unless it's Bruce Campbell, then it might still be on a stick. Next story, my kingdom for a burrito. Tampa, Florida resident Douglas John Francisco, 28, was arrested for a DUI after he mistook a Spring Hill Bank drive through lane for a Taco Bell on January 7th around 5 p.m. The bank branch manager noticed a driver passed out in a blue Hyundai sedan in the drive through lane. When the manager went out and banged on the window, Francesco woke up and tried to order a burrito, according to the Tampa Bay Times. After being set straight about the bank not serving Mexican fast food, Francisco drove around to the front of the building and parked, where deputies found him and administered a field sobriety test, which he... failed. You're right. He made several statements that were differing from reality, a Hernando County Sheriff's deputy reported. I want to see those statements. Uh, a Facebook event, I think this is also burrito-based. Burrito-based news. A Facebook event calling for a candlelight vigil to remember a destroyed Taco Bell restaurant in Montgomery, Alabama started as a joke. But according to United Press International, about 100 people showed up on January 21st to pay their respects to the popular fast food restaurant, which burned on January 17 after electric electrical equipment excuse me, sparked a fire. The owner promised to rebuild and, quote, have a true celebration upon reopening. You know, this is what happens. In in Toronto, they have candlelight vigils and all that for the dead raccoon. Here we have one for a Taco Bell in Alabama. Next story, take that. In Dresden, Germany, police reported that two men were injured on January 15th after hitting each other with their cars in consecutive accidents. The first man, 49, pulled into a handicapped parking spot, then saw his mistake and backed out, accidentally hitting a 72-year-old man walking behind the car. The two men exchanged information for a report, then the older man got into his car and reversed out of his spark parking spot, hitting the younger man. Both men suffered only slight injuries, according to the Associated Press. <clears throat> a happy ending after all. For the love of animals, Richard, the 15-year-old pony of Bridgeton, Maine, has had a rough winter. He was suffering from cancer of his penis and infection when temperatures plummeted to negative 25 degrees, which caused frostbite. As a result, part of the animal's flesh broke off while he was being examined. Oh, dear. Uh, as reported by the Associated Press... The Animal Rescue Unit in Bridgeton has taken responsibility for the pony and has raised more than $4,000 for his care, including reconstructive surgery. Brogan Horton of Animal Rescue Unit said the goal is for Richard to live out his life pain-free. <clears throat> I'm just going to assume it costs much more if you're a person and want that done than it is if you're a horse and you need that done. Cliché come to life. Outdoorsman Sergei Terakov... 64 had just let his dogs out 
he, I guess Sergei let the dogs out, to run before a January hunting outing on Russia's remote Saratov region when one of the dogs bounded back to him and clawed the trigger of Terikov's double-barreled shotgun, shooting the man in the abdomen. The Telegraph reported that his brother rushed Terikov to the hospital, but he died less than an hour after the shooting. And that is why you don't let the dogs out. Road rage. Distracted driving caused long backups and at least one minor traffic accident on January 20th as a man wandered along I-95 in Philadelphia in the buff. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported the stripped-down man walking along the shoulder and in and out of the right lane around noon, throwing items at cars before being taken into custody by police. His name was not released. More unnamed people. Oh no, the lizard people are taking over. They just don't have names. Compulsions. This sounds great. Bradley Hardison, 27, of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, achieved minor celebrity status in 2014 when he won a donut eating contest sponsored by the Elizabeth City Police Department. He ate eight glazed donuts in two minutes. At the time, police had been looking for Hardison as a suspect in break-ins going back to 2013, so they arrested him, and he received a suspended sentence that ended in October 2017. But a donut habit is hard to break. The Virginian pilot reported that Hardison was charged on January 18th with robbing a Dunkin' Donut store on November 21st. Eight and two minutes sounds doable, but I also think it would be much harder than I think it is. Uh, fooled ya. Aha, this isn't really a podcast at all. Uh, Montreal, Canada, machinist and cabinet maker Simon Leprize, 33, took advantage of a recent snowfall to carve a DeLorean DMC-12, that's the Back to the Future car, in the snowbank in the street in front of his home on January 16th. I decided to do something out of the mountain of snow, to do a little joke to the snow guys, Leprize told Vice. In a stroke of luck, Leprize found a windshield wiper across the street, which he placed on the snow car's windshield. He missed a visit from the Montreal police, but others who snapped photos caught them looking perplexed at the, quote, car parked in a no-parking zone. In the end, they left Le Priest a ticket that read, You made our night. Sadly, the snowplow drivers weren't as generous, and the prize's snow car was reduced to the junkyard of history. Meanwhile, half a world away... Well an eighth of a world away. Levi Miles, 28, took a bold gamble on July 27th when he and Chloe Rimmer, 24, approached a valet desk at the posh Vinoy Renaissance Resort and Golf Club in St. Petersburg, Florida, and demanded the keys to the $300,000 yellow 2014 Ferrari 485 Italia Spider sitting nearby. The valet stand was busy. Miles told the clerk his ticket was inside the car. The valet gave, valet, valet gave him the keys, but stopped paying attention when Miles did not return with the ticket and a tip, reported the Tampa Bay Times. Eventually, the car drove off, but within minutes was stopped by police for non-working taillights, and officers found cocaine on the dashboard. The couple were taken into custody. Miles explained to police that he was only trying to impress Rimmer, who he had just met. Rimmer admitted she thought it was odd that Miles didn't seem to know how to drive the car, but he did manage to, quote, move it. The car's owner filed a lawsuit for negligence against the resort and the parking operator in January. No word if he filed charges against the people who stole his car and potentially his cocaine. We don't know who the cocaine belonged to. <clears throat> Here's an update for you. If you've been wondering whatever happened to Barney the Dinosaur, because I know that's in the hearts of minds and millions right now, the Daily Mail has an answer for you. David Joyner, 54, romped inside the big purple suit for 10 years in the 90s. 
Barney and Friends show on PBS. Today, he's a tantric sex guru in Los Angeles who says he can unite his client's body, mind, and spirit through tantric massage and unprotected sex. Joyner credits his tantric training with helping him endure the 120-degree temperatures inside the Barney suit. While surprised, Stephen White, former head writer on the show, said he sees Joyner's new vocation as the, quote, I love you, you love me deal, but different. I don't judge or anything, but that's a side of David I didn't know. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Electric Leftovers. I thank you greatly. I greatly thank you for listening to the whole show, the La Mulana, the burrito-based news, everything. It's very kind and generous of you. I want to remind everybody that you can listen to the show on any podcast software of your choice. Uh, recently, I found a pretty good one for Windows. Uh, where is it? Called Grover Podcast. Uh, logo kind of looks like the Groove Music logo. 
Uh, it's free in the Windows Store. Works great. Works way better than the one I just paid like $2 for a week or two before that one came out. Uh, Grover Podcast. Works really well. Also, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, all that stuff. If you've got one of them, there are Alexas. You can ask Alexa, and Alexa will play Electric Leftovers for you. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all of them. If you have questions or comments, you can direct them to the show. Uh, the email address for and back episodes can all be found at lowbiasgaming.net. And be on the lookout for Roll Film this week as well. Okay? Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Have a great week. So read that job tree, they see thee And thee all they, and they own thee So they got all your water, mate Yeah, they decide you don't slate You can't send piss into wine You can't rub pennies in a wound And expect it to be fine There are no diamonds in the mines Cause we teeth the lot So on the top of the pot singing Thanks for all the A's And the bums and the nuns and the guns And the bombs on the trains Thanks for all the A's And the floods and the bloods and the drugs And the banning all the rights Thanks for all the A's And the Asian and for you, and for making us slaves. Thanks for all the AIDS. I'll pray for me, Methodist, cause I fear the rapture. Coming at ya, like Cleopatra. Oh, you can never catch her, the Donovan stature. I'm evil on the mic, like Margaret Thatcher. Made you look bombs like a nuke. I'm truer than the gospel, according to my mate Luke. It says here. That the sky god wants to kill you if you quit Or if you're a Jew or you're an Arab A miner in a hole Or if you are a dog because you haven't got a soul Or if you are a dead baby <laughs> You should count your stones and see how lucky you are So if your kids are unwritten then you are Twelve times worse than the worst crack hurt I can say this cause I'm sure You ain't shit, we've been advised to quit But we ain't taking the piss when we say Thanks for all the AIDS And the bombs and the guns and the guns and the bombs on the trains Thanks for all the AIDS And the lies and the wives of the guys who be dying in spades Thanks for all the AIDS And the crap TV and for me and for bringing on the plague Thanks for all the AIDS One more fucking time Thanks for all the AIDS And the bombs and the nuns and the guns and the bombs on the trains Thanks for all the AIDS And the floods and the bloods and the drugs and the banning all the